So, I want you to imagine, if you will, that you have been following Jesus for three and a half years. You've seen him arrested, crucified, buried, and he's risen, and he spent the last 40 days with you. Now he's telling you he's fixing to go back to heaven, and he gives you one last command. He tells you to go. Hello, I'm Ryan Hare, and welcome to the 318 Project. This is episode two, and we will be discussing fulfilling the Great Commission. So what is the Great Commission? Well, in a sense, it was Jesus' last words. This is his kind of like our last will and testament when we pass away that we give what we want to do with things or the instructions that we leave our loved ones. And that's what he was doing. He was leaving some instructions to his disciples. So what were those instructions? Well, we read them in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, which says, And then Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So we see now that Jesus had been speaking with the disciples during this time that they were with him. And now after this time, he is ascending to heaven. But he tells them that they would be endued with power of the Holy Spirit, just as he spoke in John 14, verse 16. Now, the interesting thing about this is that Jesus did not have a plan B in place in case the disciples failed. Because he did not feel that they were going to fail this part. He had been pouring out into them during this time that they had walked with him. And as he says that they would be imbued with power and that God was going to use them throughout all the world. And not just for a short period of time, but that the gospel would continue to go on much after they had passed away. Now, not all of us are called to be an evangelist or pastor or missionaries. But we are called to do some ministry, as mentioned in 1 Peter 4.10. Now, the questions that we should ask is where, among whom, and doing what? If anything, we should be able to disciple in our homes with our families and our spouses and our children. We can do that by leading as an example, times of devotion and prayer, and just being a godly example in front of them. But then we go out from there to our neighbors, our co-workers, other family members, other friends uh, throughout the community and all that. We are to go to the person next door or halfway around the world. Now, a quote from Glenn Schaefer says, The driving force for the Great Commission springs from the heart of God, John 3.16. The disciples were sent out to accomplish what God had started in the sending of his son, as in John 20, 21. The Great Commission was accomplished through witnessing, as in Acts 1, 8, with preaching, as in Mark 16, verse 15, and baptizing, as we see an example of Philip and the eunuch in Acts chapter 8, verses 35 through 40, and in teaching, as is said in Matthew 28, 20. We are to replicate ourselves in the lives of those who respond to the good news or the gospel. And the Holy Spirit empowers us through those who witness. It is to be shared with all people for all who have sinned. Romans 3.23 And again, that was a quote from Glenn Schaefer. Well, we see here that it is a command, a charge. Well, the Greek word for that is called sava. We see the first example of this word sava 
in the Old Testament when Moses is fixing to hand over everything to Joshua to then lead the children of Israel into the promised land. And it says that Moses then commanded or commissioned Joshua. And that's where we first read the word or we first see the word Sava, that command, that charge to take over and lead. There are other times that we see people have been commissioned. It says Ezekiel was commissioned by the Holy Spirit to share the prophecy to the Israelites. We see where John the Baptist was commissioned by the Holy Spirit to share the news of Christ's coming and of salvation. Even back in the garden, we see that God commanded Adam to keep the garden. So you may be saying to yourselves, how can I disciple and mentor others? Well, again, like we said, everyone has been called one way or another. So how do we fulfill this great commission? Well, right now we seem like we're in tough times dealing with the situation that's going on where everyone is more isolated. We're not able to get out and have that one-on-one fellowship. We're not able to be able to be in church services or socialize as much as we've wanted to in the past. But that does not stop us from fulfilling the great commission. There are other ways for us to fulfill that great commission through social media, through these podcasts, through video conferencing, but it starts first at home with us taking that time to be the leader of our homes with our spouses, with our children, that we can lead by example in taking that time of being the leaders to have devotions, have prayer. We look at the disciples and we see how they were faced with situations that took them outside of their norm. They were just happy being where they were, that they had walked with Jesus, and now they were being challenged. But not only that, they were being persecuted. Now, we may not be facing the challenges that the disciples faced of being persecuted, but we are still challenged to take the gospel where we can. We see how the disciples had kind of followed Jesus, but they had still stayed in an isolated area that they did not travel out of. Most people during the life of Christ, when they traveled, they never traveled more than a few miles, maybe 30 miles at most. But we see where Jesus traveled from Nazareth to Capernaum along the Sea of Galilee, down to the Dead Sea, at Bethany, at Hebron, and then into Jerusalem. Now, these distances did vary. Now, for Jesus... The distance from Jerusalem to Nazareth was 70 miles, and from Jerusalem to Capernaum was 90 miles. So that was two to three times further than most people would travel at the most in their life. But now we see here that Jesus has challenged the disciples to take the gospel to Jerusalem. Now this was that central location where they were at in Jerusalem to share that gospel, and that's what we should first start to do. We should share the gospel where we're at, where we are locally. starts in our homes, then in our neighborhoods then in our communities, and in our city, in our county. But then it takes it to the next area. It says, then into Judea, which was that region that Jerusalem was in. So it was that, say, the next county or the state itself. But then it goes further, and it says, into Samaria. Well, that's the next region north of Judea. So that would be like for us going into the next neighboring states or even a close next country. We're still close enough to home but we're still going out from where we are. Now, granted, today we're able to travel further than they were then. 30 miles to them back then would take two or three days, maybe even more. Today, for us, 30 miles is getting in your car and going just across town or wherever it may be, and it takes you 30 to 45 minutes to get there. But what Jesus was challenging them to do was to get outside of their comfort zone and go and share as far as they could. Now, it's easy to sit there and say, I'll go and I'll do, But if we get in that comfort zone, 
We really don't want to go and extend ourselves. But that's what happened with the disciples. They then started facing those trials, those persecutions that took them outside of the norm, and they had to leave that central location of Jerusalem and move out to different regions for safety. But during that time of safety, that then allowed them to then share the gospel into other regions. Now, at this point, the gospel no longer became a centripetal force, but a centrifugal force. No longer was it them coming to us, but now it is us going to them. Now, a centripetal force is that force that just keeps you going in a circle, kind of like a tetherball or as we see planets that orbit the sun. It's just that circular motion. And that's where most of them were staying, was just in that central location. But the centrifugal force is that force that pushes you out and away. And that's where those trials and temptations and persecutions allowed them to then be pushed out to go, to be challenged to share the gospel in other regions. As we see, the church has now moved outside of us just convening in a church building with four walls. We are seeing how it is pushing us out into new avenues of reaching people with the gospel through social media, through live streaming, through podcasts, through video conferencing. This avenue is allowing us to reach people at greater numbers than we ever have seen with just people coming into the building of a church and being ministered to. Because it is our purpose for us to reach the lost, the hurt, the broken, and the dismayed at any means possible. And so many times we feel complacent. We have that complacency that as long as we see people coming in the doors, that we're, we're sharing the gospel and we're seeing people change. But there are still people that are hurt and lost and broken that we need to reach. And this is a time that, that God is allowing us to now be pushed further to challenge us to go out further and make those disciples, to minister to those, to lead those that have never heard of Jesus and the gospel. It is in these times of complacency that trials come to move us out of a comfort zone and into a place of submission in fulfilling God's will of the Great Commission. As we see, it is that spreading of the gospel. Most of them stayed in Jerusalem, but when persecution caused them to flee to other regions, it pushed them to share the gospel. So again, how do we see how some of this took place? Well, we see after Jesus had ascended that the disciples and others went to the upper room, and it says they were in the upper room for 10 days when the Holy Spirit came down and filled them. And this was the power that they were endued with to now share the gospel with boldness and authority. As we see in Peter, after this time that he then shares the gospel, and we see 3,000 that are saved at that moment. This is the same Peter that we see had denied Christ earlier. But it goes from there because now we see how the disciples are being used. But it also then allowed them to then pass off some responsibilities to others that were coming up under them. And one of those that we see was Stephen. How Stephen was then instructed to help take care of the orphans and the widows. And during this time, he was still a part of those disciples. Now, it is in that time that Stephen is taken into custody, and he tells them, and he shares his testimony and the gospel with them. And it's during this time that it leads him to being stoned. But who was there at that time that heard it? We see it was Saul. This is the same Saul who was then converted and changed his name to Paul and then started ministering to those in other regions. He took the gospel again even further than some of the original disciples because he wasn't just reaching the Jewish people. He was now reaching those Gentiles, those in other regions, where he took the gospel into Ephesus, which was now 600 miles away from Jerusalem. He went to Corinth, which was 800 miles. 
He took it to Antioch, which was 300 miles, and then finally he goes to Rome, which was 1,400 miles from Jerusalem. Again, it's now reaching even further with the gospel and reaching not just the Jewish people, but now the Gentiles and all those other regions around the world. Now we see how the gospel now spreads through all that area, and it has continued to spread throughout the world. We even see how Paul speaks of the gospel being heard around the world in Romans 1, 8 and in Colossians 1, verse 6, but it is about being missional-minded, and that is sharing the gospel. The churches that focused on living in a missional way must remember that we are called to reach people where the gospel is not by any means possible. And we're seeing that. We're reaching people at new heights and at new ways that have never been seen before. And again, when we as the church can focus on all areas of missions, not just the international of traveling to another country and doing a week of mission work, but also reaching those in our communities, the homeless, the sick that are in the hospital. But when we as the church can focus on all areas of the mission, we can then move mountains of faith. So again, we sit here and we wonder, how can I share the gospel? Again, not all of us are called to be a pastor, a preacher, an evangelist. But again, we are all called to share the gospel. And what is sharing the gospel? Well, first and foremost, it's simply sharing your testimony. It is sharing what God has done in your life. Because so many people, we can sit here and, and read biographies or talk about other people, and people can question and challenge those stories that they hear about. But when you tell them your personal testimony, this is your account of what's happened to you that people cannot come against you and challenge you because you know what it's done for you. It is your story of what God did in your life. Just like with my testimony, I was raised my whole life in church. I was in the church. I was part of it, but I was not fulfilling the Great Commission. I was simply, I'm here, I'm in church, and I'm good. But it was 10 years ago that I was challenged to step beyond just being a comfortable Christian and to be able to then disciple and mentor other men. Now, that doesn't always mean that it's a conventional way of discipling and mentoring. Yes, I have been able to pour into men's lives and other people's lives. First and foremost, I've tried to pour into my wife's life and into my son's. It's about us sharing our testimony, much like mine. I can sit here and say that I was raised in the church my whole life, but I wasn't fulfilling that great commission. I was just being happy sitting on a pew or being in a church service. But it was 10 years ago when I was challenged to step beyond that and be able to then grow myself. But then at that point, then I was able to mentor and disciple others around me, friends, co-workers, just men that I could pour in others to be able to share and see them grow spiritually. And through it all, it's helped me grow spiritually. It doesn't mean it's always been a easy path. There have been those times that you are challenged. There are those times that you face fears and doubts, insecurities. That have I been a failure? Am I really reaching those that I am mentoring? Not every person that we pour into is going to be end up being a success story. But we should take that time to pour into them, mentor them, pray for them. And show them that we have a heart and a love for them to see them grow as well. And then for them to then be able to then mentor and disciple others. But that's what we see with Paul. We saw how Barnabas mentored and discipled him, poured into him during that time of mission trips. Then Paul then mentors and disciples Timothy, Titus, Silas, and others. And then those then mentored 
others in the church, and we still see that spreading of the gospel. And that's the beautiful thing about the book of Acts, is when it ends, it doesn't end with an amen or a salutation or a, a greetings and a, and a prayer, but it's just, it ends, because we are still in that book of Acts church. We are still part of that time that we are still mentoring and discipling and spreading the gospel. And that is the fulfilling of the Great Commission is for us to go into different regions and different avenues and different aspects of how we reach people to share the gospel. And that's all that we are called to do. The first and foremost thing for us to do is share the gospel. Share what God has done in your life and sharing your testimony to be a blessing and an outreach to others. Yes, we are going to face persecution. We are we may face ridicule. We may get backlash. A lot of it a lot of times we get intimidated of, well, if I share my testimony, I'm going to be laughed at. But that's what we're called to do. We're called to share. And that allows us to grow and allows others around us to grow. And it allows the church to grow because Christ still dwells with us. As Paul even said in Ephesians 2.22, that Christ dwells with us. Jesus is still with us today. He hasn't left us. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. He simply sent us a comforter in the Holy Spirit that gives us that boldness to share the gospel, share our testimony. So guys, I want to thank you for joining me on this episode of the 318 Project and our discussion on fulfilling the Great Commission. And remember, if you follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, tuned in, be sure to like it, subscribe to it, and then leave a comment. God bless. Have a great day. And remember to let's keep building kingdom men.